I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to SpinFL. What is up, y'all? It's Jonathan Rollins. And Skiff Musara. Two Americans living in Sweden, talking about do-overs. <laughs> Man. You ever feel like you've uh, done, been somewhere? Like, it's so deja vu. It's like, haven't we done this before? <laughs> This, the worst part about it, as a as a professional, right? I feel like ha- we've done this before too, where I fucked up like this, <laughs> and we talked for twenty minutes. And we did, we did, we yeah. I feel we, like such I'm wasting your time, your precious time, and my time, right? And I apologize to the listener for us having to recreate the wonderful energy we had. And and gonna te- cut out a great conversation we had about documentaries and basketball and shit because for times purposes you won't even hear our talk. Well, the only thing that's like truly interesting that we talked about in the like before we got to the games was <laughs> was clearly the fact that the Georgia Bulldogs won the national championship back to back. You that, think I can't recreate that. that fucking energy two times in one day? <laughs> Hell yes, I can recreate that shit. I have been fucking Damn. living on that energy. Damn. Living, my friend. <laughs> you get can a, full, you a full full grapefruit on that one. Can I tell you something that I did not I did not mention? I'll, I'll bring something new to the conversation that okay. that I did not talk about uh, in the unrecorded version of. You know, I waited 41 years to watch my Bulldogs win mm-hmm. another champ, a national championship. So the fact that they won back to back is like, mm. I mean, that's just gravy. It's got to um, But it's one of those things where where I spent a lot of time thinking about. I spent a lot of time thinking about my father when I woke up. Mm-hmm. When I because I was not able to watch the game live, and I was in London. I was working, um, so. I woke up and I saw that score, 65 to 7. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, God damn. <laughs> like, what the hell? What happened? What Did hell? we play TCU or something? I know. <laughs> and TCU was um, all year kind of like college football's version of the Vikings. They mm-hmm. won They Big won news. all of their games that they – I think they only lost one game all year. And all the games that they won were either – I, I think they were all like one score games or okay. like mostly comeback victories and that kind of stuff. Like, you know, the kind of games where it's like you lose to TCU and most teams were just like, I don't know how we just lost to this team. What the fuck just happened? <laughs> we're better than them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And their luck ran out 
just like the Vikings, actually, which mm-hmm. we'll get to later. Uh, but my first thought after God damn was like, w- was my father who his entire life, this, my father went to the University of Georgia. He's the reason why I'm a Georgia Bulldogs fan. We shared that national championship back in 1980, and he waited a lifetime to see it happen again, and it and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, he he passed away. I don't remember five six years ago, and it's like it, it, to think that. And I, I'm so grateful for Isak, who who I in turn also turned into a Georgia Bulldogs fan. Yeah, for him at this age, at the age of 16, to know that feeling mm-hmm. of having back to back championships, I, I just feel like. Not that it's, you know, I, I I I frequently talk about how I feel quite guilty for having made him a Falcons fan. Uh, <laughs> that's a rather unfortunate situation, um, but I feel like it kind of balances out at the moment because now I feel like I've delivered him a team that has has in turn delivered us back to back championships. So I feel pretty good about that. Good, uh, man. I, and I had family at the game. I mm-hmm. had cousins who oh, were at the yeah. game. I mentioned that I that I had a I had a ticket. I couldn't go, uh, but they obviously had a blast, I uh, bet. and they just ate it up. They ate up the whole. They're like, "Come on, give me that six. Give me give me that sixty five points. Give it to me." I was like, "Give it to me." <laughs> they were I, loving that shit. I was talking to Champ Champ and um, mm. about how you couldn't watch it live, mm. but how you know that. Because you had stuff to do, and unfortunately mm. you couldn't watch live. And how watching it, be- watching it live, it would it would have sucked to watch a, a blowout like that. He was like, "Hell no!" <laughs> he was like, "Man, you think if the University of Miami is in a championship game and they blow somebody out, I'm gonna be mad about it?" He was like, "No, Skip would have enjoyed every minute." I was like, "You know what? You're Absolutely. right." because as a non fan of either team. Then you like, oh, I want to see a competitive match. But if you're a mm-hmm. fan of the team, give me the bow out. Just give yeah. me the victory. <laughs> yeah. 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 And yeah. I want to clarify, because I don't know if people understand where I stand on this stuff when you're um bigging up your team and stuff like that. And I play the grapefruit and all that stuff. Mm. I am a hundred percent happy for you whenever <laughs> your teams do well. It's not any of those uh that uh envy animosity stuff that friends sometimes have. Mm. I don't wish bad on any of your teams. I wish mm. uh, the best for them. So when it when I found out they won, the first thing I thought was, I'm glad for my boy, man. Got that victory. So <laughs> I why the that. fuck would I want TCU to win so I don't have to push the fucking grapefruit button? You're out of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it. Uh, I just can't wait for all these dogs to come into the NFL next year. Like, just keep rolling in opportunities for me to say my, yeah, my man, man former, former bulldog, bulldog. <laughs> I mean, bring it on and yeah. that was my thing man for uh because the miami they had their run and then mm-hmm. the thing we lived off of as mm. as uh canes fans mm. was we're still the hub for nfl players right the ray lewis's the ed reeds the sean mm. taylor's you know the, mm-hmm. just keep you can name them all uh edrin james fucking yep. clinton porter just keep just knock them all out all the running backs and defensive players were coming from you all the tight ends were coming from mm. you and mm-hmm. then when the U's not winning national championships anymore they had this streak of mm. like i want to say 144 but i don't mm. know 144 nfl weeks in a row that a player mm. from the U scored a touchdown Wow. And then yeah, see, we're not we're not even close to that yet. <laughs> so the dogs are you know, it, we're not 
we're not there. So I was we're like, that's starting. something we lived off of until the street mm. got broken around 2010-ish or so. But that's something to be proud of. That's fucking... It was like... And then finally, I remember when it got broken and uh, uh, Vince Wilfork was on a Monday night game. Mm. And he knew that... <laughs> they, they talked to him before the game. They're like, there's the streak... The University of Miami has so such and such amount of games, and you're the last one left mm. that hasn't scored that you know, and they haven't scored a touchdown. What are you gonna do? He's like, if we force a fumble, man. Maybe they could pitch it back to me. <laughs> 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 and it didn't happen, and the street got broken. But that's what we lived off of after that. That's the pride of, of sending players to the NFL. It's like the my man former bulldog, you know, and I still say it when I can. Oh, you know what school he went to, type of thing. Oh but yeah, it's all about the you. All about the you, baby. So, so I'm <laughs> glad for you. I had to clarify that for the for the listeners. I appreciate that. It's uh, yeah, it's good. We got it. We got our back to backs. Um, yeah. I'm good with it. I can live with this. Uh, I can die a happy man mm-hmm. now. Good. Um, man. It's all good. Uh, th- but let's fucking get into the super wild card week. You know they call it super. Now I th- this has to be one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Yeah. It used to be wild card weekend, but now that they've added an extra team, it's yeah. it's officially now super. now that they've added a worse team. You know what I'm saying? Like it, we're bringing exactly. a, uh, we're we're bringing we've added the seventh team, and the and the number one mm-hmm. team is no longer playing in it. So that makes we've, it super. We've brought in a team that it, it that is of an inferior caliber. Yeah, and yet somehow it has taken the. It from just wild card to super wild card. I don't quite. And more understand. than that, the team we're bringing in is now going to play against a team that used to have a bye week because they were so good. So we're right. giving you a more mismatched game to watch. Good luck, guys. Right. <laughs> What's super about that? That's super. That is. That's just super. <laughs> and the first game happened to be a close game. It was a closer than we thought. We thought for sure. The Seahawks won't be able to put any points up, but they put 23 points up to the 49ers, 41 points. And at first, we thought we might have had us a, a closer game on our hands. It was an interesting narrative going into the game. You had Mr. Irrelevant versus Mr. I can't seem to find a pen to write anyone back. They wrote me off. I ain't right back, though. <laughs> uh-huh. And Pete Carroll, apparently, I didn't realize this until, you know, Pete Carroll kind of owns Kyle Shanahan, oddly enough. Uh, I think he's yeah, eight that's four weird. versus Kyle Shanahan mm. all time. Um, fuck Kyle Shanahan, by the way. Um, <laughs> but <clears throat> you know, it, and also, I mean, if all you did was wake up and and see the score, you would never have guessed that this game was actually pretty tight mm-hmm. a, until it just all of a sudden was not. Um, it ruined some wire to wire lead bets. It did, and it looked. I mean, of course, this turned into a, a bit of a a bit of a blowout in the second mm. half, but the, the early on Purdy, I got to say this kid, I, who was it? Who else? Confidence, man. There's something about the way, like he, despite the fact that he's a rookie and obviously he's picked last in the draft, you know, he's picked ap- absolutely last in the draft. Like even when he gets pressured and has to roll out of the pocket, yeah. he looks, he looks up for it. Composed. I mean that throw um probably his best throw of the game was an incompletion which was not his fault that it was it was like it was right it, it, like where he rolled out mm, to yeah, his right and yeah. he threw that dart to Ayuk in the back of the end zone and, Ayuk probably and Ayuk, didn't think it was going to get to him that was like oh shit Ayuk had his toes in the right place yeah. and the ball hit him right in the 
right. It, I mean, it, it could not have been a more perfect pass. And, and it just, I think it came at him so quick. And I think you're right. I think, I don't think he real. I don't think he thought Purdy could get it to him yeah. and he dropped it. But if he had made, if, if Ayuk had pulled that in, that's all we would be talking about yeah. in this game. Like, holy fucking shit. That might've been one of the throws of the year. Um, but he was whipping it early to Ayuk and Debo, uh, I mean, they only got a field goal on their first drive, but on that second drive, McCaffrey just exploded on that like sixty-six yard run, um, and then eventually had a short, um, you know, receiving touchdown for McCaffrey. But then the Seahawks were like, "All right, let's do this." Fifteen play drive, um, you know, K nine Kenneth Walker gets into the end zone. Shout out to K nine. Uh, suddenly, you're feeling like, "All right, this is this is going to be back and forth, a bit mm-hmm. of a fist fight." Um, 49ers got another field goal, and then Gino with an absolute dime yeah. in yes. a bucket to yes. DK, that 50-yard touchdown. It was Roy Wilson, Roy, Russell Wilson-esque. Yeah. <laughs> it was more Russell Wilson than Russell than Wilson. Russell Wilson <laughs> all year. <laughs> yeah. Who's got the sexier deep ball? Russ. Ooh. Ooh. Uh-huh. You want to have that conversation? Because that <laughs> shit was sexy. That that made me want to take my pants off. Oh, yeah, that throw made me want to take my pants off. Mm-hmm. And take my pants off and listen to some Al Green up in here. Hey, mm. <laughs> look at that deep ball. Uh, the 49ers should have taken a sixteen to fourteen lead into the half, um, um, but they took a very stupid penalty yeah. when Jimmy Ward hit the shit out of Gino who who was scrambling forward for a couple of yards. He said, they rolled me off, but I ain't right back. <laughs> yeah. He was <laughs> well into his he was yeah. well into his slide when Jimmy Ward just like popped him. It was like, what are you doing, dude? Like fifteen yeah. yard penalty which kind of set them up for a fifty six yard field goal. And then suddenly you're walking into the locker room, Seahawks are up seventeen to sixteen. I was like, shit, this is a fucking ball game. Mm-hmm. Um but then of course you know, and and the Seahawks knew that G- Gino basically had to play a perfect game for them to win this football game. And and in the first half, he pretty much did. He was 9 yeah. for 10, 104 yards and a touchdown. Yep. Purdy had 147 yards, but he was only 9 for 19. But then the 49ers, I guess they went into the locker room, and I don't know what they decided to – I don't know what the conversation was, but something happened, a switch got flipped, and they came out and just fucking – they just took over this ball game. They just took over the ball game. They open up the second half with a 13 play drive, 10 of those plays being run plays. They were like, we're just going to run this to a motherfucker's face (laughs) Um, because they clearly would not want that. They're not going to, they're just not going to want that. Um, And um, yeah, the Seahawks, you know, they got back into the red zone, um, but the 49ers, uh, forced Gino to fumble. Charles uh, Amenahu yep, uh, forced the fumble, and Bosa picks it up, uh, and then they, they turned that into seven points. It was a seven-play drive. Um, they went down and scored a touchdown and the two-point conversion. Suddenly, they're up 31-17, to 17, and it yep. was like, oh, fuck, this is getting out of hand. I mean, you know, overall throughout the game, McCaffrey had over 100 yards rushing plus a touchdown. Ayuk was big early. Ayuk would set it up. Set it up he, for the Debo knockout. He only had three catches for seventy three yards. Most Block of them were of the kind day. 
And he had the absolute block of the day. Yes. With a what, how long was that Debo touchdown? Was it like seventy something yards? Seventy four yard touchdown run. I think it counted as a pass though. Yeah, but it's like you know, it's funny. A little because, pitch in front. Yeah, if you if you yeah yeah, yeah. It, forward, it was a then. short pass, and it was all Debo and Ayuk because Ayuk put the block on uh, as soon as he yeah, saw like Debo. Around, yeah. Yeah, he was like, "I'm going to take the sideline. I'm going that way." And Ayuk blocked this dude into another Seahawk, and and that was it. Debo was gone. Uh, dude had six receptions for 133 yards in this game, um, and. Uh, obviously a lot of those yards came on that one play. Um, but this team is absolutely terrifying. I would say. Yeah. Um, and yeah, when they're running on all cylinders, it's, it's, they're the best in the NFC. I think my, my opinion of, of how the playoffs are going to go down has completely shifted primarily because of this game and because of what's happened over the last few weeks with the 49ers. Um, a lot of people have been crowning the Eagles as just going to be able to walk through the NFC. Also, a lot of people have been saying that whoever wins the AFC is probably going to win the Super Bowl. I don't feel like I can say that anymore. Nah, as long AFC. as these 49ers are, are are out there and and in the playoffs, yeah. I, I don't see any reason why this team cannot win the Super Bowl. AFC looks vulnerable, man. Yeah, and we'll get to it. But most of the – even the, the teams that won, all the all the anointed teams – Mm-hmm. Look shaky this weekend. Yeah, definitely. Let's get into the the first AFC game of the weekend. Which <laughs> Speaking is of the, shaky, <laughs> which is the game of the week, I yeah. would say is the uh, the Chargers and the Jaguars. I watched this game. Um, I didn't watch it live. I woke up in the morning and uh, I didn't look at the results. Hmm. I just you know pulled up. I'm my so iPad. jealous. Yeah, I'm so jealous. <laughs> I didn't know anything. Did I just like started watching. You know, I'm still. Getting my contacts right, you know what I'm saying? And then, and then before I could even get my eyes adjusted to a clear, because I wear the contacts overnight, mm. before I could get them adjusted, he throws a pick. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, did he throw it to the wrong team? I don't know what's going on. And then I finally get him adjusted, and he threw another one. And then he threw uh, another I was like, what is going on? They had four turnovers in the first half, right? And then oh, yeah. one in the second. It's like, before you know it, it was 27 to nothing. And I was just like, first I got concerned about a bet. I got concerned about flip and pick them because I thought Jaguars were going to come in there and win this game. I did not believe in Brandon Staley as a coach. And I was mm-hmm. like thinking that. And then the game started and I was like, oh, I guess I was completely wrong. The Chargers are going to kick that ass. Mm-hmm. Who's, who can lose? You're winning 27 to nothing. How could you lose? Well, uh, as a Falcons fan, I would say <laughs> – Hold your horses. <laughs> yeah, hold my beer. Uh, this was this was a good one. This was uh, two young quarterbacks, obviously, mm-hmm. right? You got both both of them playing tall their first playoff. They're both tall, yeah, tall and white. Tall and white. T Law versus J Herb, as I like to say. Uh, the all the all hair battle that mm. the world apparently needed. There was a lot of chatter about about their hair leading up to the game. Um, slow motion shots yeah. of them sort of fixing their. Yeah. Hair, so to speak. Um, <laughs> my kids think um, hey, Saga and Isaac, they actually refer to Trevor Lawrence as Sarah Jessica Parker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, they've decided that, that he basically looks like Sarah it's Jessica. It's funny they Parker try to make him fight. to be handsome. That's not a handsome man. No, he's, he's just tall and white. There's something, and has long there's something hair. awkward about him. Yeah. There's something awkward. Uh, 
that is like now Justin Herbert. I think oh, well, our family, our family has decided that Justin Herbert is is gorgeous. Like yeah. we all agree that he's. I could see the appeal there, but he's very. Trevor Lawrence looks like he lost a fight really bad, like a bad fight when he was really young, and his face never really recovered. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, he is from Georgia, by the way. Okay. Um, I don't remember where, but. Anyway, uh, but okay, this, <laughs> this, like you said, was a tale of two halves. Listen mm-hmm. to this shit. Listen to the splits. Okay. T Law and Associates in the first half. Oof. First didn't seven, have the ball. In the first, his first seven drives. Okay. Mm-hmm. Dude goes five for 18, 34 yards, no touchdowns, and four interceptions. God damn. His last five drives. Mm. He goes 23 for 29, 253 yards, and four motherfucking touchdown passes. <laughs> he looked cal- calm and collected throughout it all. Throwing the pick, he's like, fuck, walking to the sidelines, mad. Throws another, you know what I mean? And then as they came back, he's just like, all right, let's go. You could feel the momentum shift, too. Even I love watch Doug- it condensed, yeah, I yeah, yeah. feel it. I heard, I heard an interview with Doug Peterson after the game, and he drew a very interesting comparison. He he used to play with Brett Favre, Doug Peterson, mm-hmm. uh, and he was essentially comparing Trevor Lawrence to Brett Favre in the sense that I, I remember a lot of nights where Brett Favre had a really bad first half, mm. but he just never let it get to him, and he would come out and just fucking smoke dudes uh, in I'm the sure second I'm sure Peterson half. probably mentioned it to him, too. Like, I've seen it. I've seen it. It's not impossible. Yeah. You know and I, mean? I also heard that the locker room conversation at halftime with Doug Peterson was like, hey, guys, they that 27 points, they didn't do that to us. We, we did, did that it. to ourselves. Exactly. You know? So this is what having a fucking real coach in the room. I was going to say, this uh, is why it Urban matters. Meyer doesn't say that. He's like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? Come here, you're, punter, and kick the punter idiots. in the nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so okay. This, so yeah. Peterson, man. The, the interceptions are obviously real. Okay. They happen. Muffed, the, muffed punt, too. The first one was double tipped, right? Yeah. So that one, the second one was. Um, Barry, right? The second one was a blown pass interference call. In oh my yeah, opinion. and the the Tony Dungy, Tony Dungy was on that man. That's a pass interference right there. They should. There were. That. I know he has like all the charisma of a sloth. This fucking guy. <laughs> um. Uh. The sec. The third one was definitely all T. T. Law. That 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 was his. That was his fault. The fu- the fourth one was probably his fault too. Asante Samuel had three of those four. Man, picks. he was. I mean, like- he was jumping routes. I was ready for a sluggo. I was like, you got to do a sluggo, which uh, for those of you that aren't taping, that's a slant go where you slant, mm. he pump fakes it, and, the, and then an aggressive cornerback jumps that, and then you go. Uh, and they didn't. I don't think they did that in the game. Mm. I would have been but pump that, faking the shit out of uh, Asante Samuel. But like you said, they're down 27 to nothing, and the Jags absolutely stirred up some fucking trailer park drama down in Duval <laughs> County to come back and snatch this game. It's the third largest comeback in playoff history. Wow. I can't third believe it was a big I thought it had to be the biggest. Third largest. Oh, they, yeah. oh yeah, the, uh, the mir- what did it call it? The Music City Miracle? Mm-mm. How bad was that? Wasn't that like 35-point turnaround or something? Actually, 30? I know. Let's see. Do I have this? I might have this. Uh, third largest you have. 
I think the the Bills have the largest comeback victory. Music City. That, that, that is that, that's the one where where they had Frank Reich at quarterback. Um, and then I think the Colts Andrew Luck maybe has the second largest comeback. Uh, and now this one. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, the Chargers. I mean, they went out and chargered. Basically. Yeah. That's right? what they call it. Chargers going to charge. Also known in the South as falconing. <laughs> um, in 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 the middle of the country, it's commonly referred to as culting this year. Um, previously known as vikening. Um, <clears throat> I mean, they, they're absolutely cruising twenty-seven to nothing. But but I they think it all three just, points in the second half, right? I think it all just kind of came to them too easy. To be honest, you know the interceptions. Yeah. Help to hide some shit uh, on their side, such as Eckler, right? I mean, he had two touchdowns, but he only had 35 yards rushing. How many attempts? Um, That's the question. Why does he only run the ball 35 times? I, I don't know. He, he only ran the ball 35 times. Why does uh, Justin Herbert have 43 pass attempts when you have a 27-point a lead at some point? There's no mm-hmm. reason you don't run the clock out. Yeah, and and if you take away the interceptions, which I know that's not how it works, but you know Justin Herbert had a near identical stat line to Lawrence, going twenty eight for forty three, two hundred and seventy three yards, but he only had one touchdown pass. You know what the difference is? Trevor Lawrence had he went he threw the ball forty seven times. Trevor Lawrence mm. is down twenty seven points. Mm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, there's no mm-hmm. reason for Justin mm-hmm. Herbert to throw the ball forty three times if you're winning, and you don't really need to throw the ball that much. That game should have gone to straight up run the clock out mode, almost yeah. like eight minute then, drill or whatever you want to call it. And like every significant meltdown that we've ever seen, we've yeah. seen a few this year too. There were a million things that you could point to where it's like, "Fuck, man!" If you just got one yard on that play yeah. right there, or if you, you know stop what I mean? stopping the clock, stop or, stopping the clock, or if you didn't play Mike Williams last week and get Ooh. him hurt, you know what I mean? Because there was that one play where they needed a, they needed to get one yard, and they did a jet sweep, which they normally would do with Mike Williams, but they handed it off to some guy who's never done it before, uh, and they clearly fucked it up, and he didn't know what he was doing. He, he fucked up the play because he'd never practiced it before. Um, mm. I mean, Gerald Everett was their leading receiver with 100 yards. It's like, yeah. that's your fucking tight end, bro. Um, I don't yeah. know. That's that's definitely not what they were looking for. Um, no, nah, man. It's, they're, they're, and, it's, it's hard not to blame it on the coaching. And we'll see what happens with him in this offseason. But well, there we'll get to. There is yeah. some Chargers news. Yeah. No. Um. Uh. The other thing that has to be mentioned is that I, I have to say, I, I again, we go back to this. I completely lost count of the number of non-pass interference calls that should mm. have been made. This was yeah. one of the worst uh, officiated game of the week. I think. Yeah, I agree. Um. And and like you said, Tony Dungy, it, it was like I, I watched the game in forty, like you did, mm-hmm. but I, I already knew what had happened at that point. But I mean, the number of times you don't usually hear. Usually, the broadcasters kind of carry water for right, you know, for the league. But but they didn't have a they, normal broadcaster. That's part of it. I want to throw that out there too, man. There's a lot of complaining about Tony Dungy and a lot of complaining about the the way they called this historic game, whatever. Um, I personally liked the way that he was calling it before, and I didn't think about it. I didn't know what was happening either. So as I listened to it, 
um, I didn't care so much. I didn't need him to get all super excited like uh, Gus Johnson or anything like that. But mm-hmm. they were probably a little in shock. Tony Dungy watching this unfold in front of him as a coach, he's probably like, what the fuck is going on? You know what I mean? I don't expect him to. And Al mm-hmm. Michaels is kind of chill himself anyway mm-hmm. with, uh, with, you know. I don't know. I, d- I wasn't so mad about it. And the normal guy in there with Al Michaels is Kirk Herbstreet, who mm. the the issue with him is that he doesn't know NFL. <laughs> it's like kind of obvious that he's a college guy. Mm. <laughs> so mm. I, mean, I think mm. he does the national championship game. <laughs> but uh, He does. He does. So it's yeah. like when he's in there, you can tell he's <laughs> there's a you can tell he's not familiar with like the whole NFL stuff. He cares more about college. Yeah, than he does I prefer to NFL. have somebody who loves NFL like Tony Dungy. Made. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't. I wasn't so mad. I don't need somebody to make me excited about something. But I understand how monumental right. the whole thing was. So the other thing that has to be mentioned: the game-winning drive was set up by some stellar Jaguars defense. <laughs> okay and i know a lot of dudes were in on this big sack mm-hmm. they, they got the ball back for him as but it was happening being, i thought about you but if i'm being honest most of the credit should go to a man who has been deeply disrespected this year i'm talking about my man former bulldog trayvon walker who came up in the clutch screaming down the, neck the whole game the whole game okay yeah. Dude's got that dog in him. He came up in a he big the spot. Dog in him. He does have a dog in him. He came up in a big spot. But I we've we've already kind of touched on this, but I kind of want to talk about it a little more. Doug Peterson. I mean, yeah. what a difference a year makes. Yep. Not to not to mention the fact that as we said, he's a real fucking coach. I hope that Urban Meyer was able to like you know, maybe press pause on his grinding up against some woman who's young enough to be his granddaughter <laughs> so that he could see what was possible with these Jaguars, yeah. right? I mean, that last drive alone, down by two, just over three minutes to play, and they dial up a 10-play, 61-yard drive. And the best play, that fourth and one play, where Doug Peterson sends th- th- – I'd never seen that play before. Yeah. You got three running backs lined up next to each other. I mean, two of them were tight ends, right? That's that you know what it is? This dude mm. knows that it's a copycat league. And yeah. the Eagles kinda have perfected the quarterback sneak. Yeah. So they and a lot of teams started doing it. Immediately they started doing it. I don't know if I've seen a trend catch on this fast with the pushing the quarterback with the guys mm. behind him to kind of push the pile a little bit and get mm-hmm. it to a first down. And yeah. he bluffed it so good. It, it, I and mean everybody's Everybody thinks that that shit is going straight up the gut. Yeah, we're pushing everything, the butt. Everything yeah. about that formation screamed, "We're just gonna, we're gonna put big men on the field, mm-hmm. and we're gonna, we're gonna just push this thing over the line." And 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 they bought it. Yeah, Everybody Etienne. dove in. Huge. I knew it was over there. Gets the, you know, he gets the edge. He doesn't just get the one yard. Dude goes for like 25 yards to set them up for the game-winning field goal, which is basically yeah. a chip shot, which barely, barely and I mean, barely <laughs> went in. <laughs> I, I can't find it, man. I was looking for it. <laughs> barely. <laughs> I also, also, even if it missed, mm. they had an offsides. That's the true. The Chargers had that. It was like, come on. And... 
They had a, a, a Joey Bosa got two uh, unsportsmanlike conducts in the game, and I it's an unanswered question. But what the fuck did he say to the referee? I don't know if I've seen a referee run up on a player like what the fuck you said to me, motherfucker. Like he like. Well, the 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 interesting the other interesting part is what he said after the game, which I don't want to talk about that now. We, we could talk about that in the next episode because there's okay. I didn't know about this. Okay, his post his post game presser was. Uh, quite colorful and will most definitely be coming with a multi thousand dollar fine <laughs> well, the, uh, he called him inward the, uh, <laughs> the, the thing about that uh, i don't know what else to say about it man i well yeah we'll talk about that later mm. uh but yeah the next game was i had prepared you know what i did i treated myself yeah tell me the next game was the bills versus the dolphins and i mm. treated i had i invited people over Mm. Uh, I treated myself to some like ordering in buffalo wings. Mm. I I wanted to check out. I live in a new place now. It was my first time having people. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, we moved. Got a new new place now. Nice, lovely apartment. And ordered a spread of wings for everybody to just kick back, eat some wings, have some chips and dip, and just Mm. watch the trouncing that was uh, inevitable. Hmm. And then my Dolphins, <laughs> they showed up. I didn't expect at the end of the game to be having what if moments. Like, man, if he would have just done this or that, then we would have won this game. I didn't expect that feeling at all. I expected to see a one-sided ass whooping. And the Dolphins came to play. And Mike McDaniel, for the most part, mm. coached his butt off and kept this team that was completely under under-weaponized <laughs> to, who need their quarterback probably more than any team in the league, I would think, who depend mm-hmm. on the quarterback to make the system function, put up 31 points against the Buffalo Bills and had them sweating a little bit. I I felt so wor- – I, like, I felt I, – and I texted you. Yeah. I, don't, I think it was somewhere in the third quarter or something. Yeah. I think I texted you because it was kind of at that point where it, I was just like, I knew that this was not the game that you were expecting. I was oh, like, man. and even though the, 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 I think I texted you at a moment when the Dolphins were ahead. Yeah. But I think I also knew that you would be. I was like, man, I hate this for you because you were ready to settle yeah. in and just get that ass beat. Yeah. And I like that. That I know that feeling of like what is, yeah. like hope. I think I texted you like hope is a hope is a dangerous thing or yeah. something like that. Like it was yeah, like typical Falcons. Like, I was like, I don't need yeah. this. I don't need yeah, exactly. this in my life, man. I, I, don't I want this to my ass I, I don't want to go through what our friend Sean had to go through, man. A Chargers mm. fan. Oh, yeah, I don't exactly. want. I didn't want. We don't need two people in our circle of friends to go through some shit like that in it's one weekend. Just, it's just straight up misery. I I feel like because I I never even though the Bills were having a hard time and they had their own struggles, some of which were due to of their own making, of course. But based on like what I was seeing from Skylar Thompson, I never, I never thought I, there was at no point in this game that I thought the Dolphins were actually going to win this game, mostly right. because of him. You know what I mean? Like the difference between a Skylar Thompson and a and a Brock Purdy. Right. Like I know Purdy. You know what I mean? Like he just yeah. for some reason Purdy just looks like he no, belongs. Purdy is ready to pull the trigger. Skylar Thompson is not ready to pull the trigger in any point. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about just throwing the ball, but he yeah. doesn't want to. There was one play where he spent around. He looked at. Mm. He knew that he was supposed to look left, 
fake them, and then come right and throw the screen. Left was wide open. Nobody was right. on this guy. Just throw it to him. But he's like, I'm doing the, going through the motions like a robot, and then he uh, ends up with an incomplete pass, almost gets sacked and all. So it's just like, that's but I'm what, glad that's I'm glad you brought that up because that's where you could see it the most clear. Yeah. When when a guy like Brock Purdy gets outside of the pocket, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, let's see if he can pull this off. When Scott throughout this game, it became almost automatic. As soon as Skylar Thompson was forced out of the pocket, I was like. It's an incomplete pass. Yeah, he had a couple of uh, surprising moments, but yeah, you're right. I just, I, I just knew that every time he was going to get outside of the pocket, there was no way he was going to complete that pass. Yeah. No way. This thing's going out of bounds. Yep. Or it's going in the dirt. And sometimes he um, would throw it out of bounds on purpose to yeah. kind of do the quote unquote smart thing or whatever. But in the yeah. end, uh, there it was closer than expected. So then you have to start like the what ifs. And all year we've been getting bit in the butt by Mike McDaniel's clock management, usage of timeouts, and it might be, you could probably blame uh, the rookie, you know, the third-string quarterback or whatever, not being able mm. to get the play, you know, because they're coming out of the huddle. To me, I think when a, a good sign for a team is, if, especially a team that uses as much motion and pre-snap stuff as the Dolphins, mm. get out of the huddle by 15 seconds at the latest. And they're mm. getting out of the huddle nine seconds, running up there trying to figure out so many delayed games, so many that was delayed so games stressful. they got away from. They got away with like four times that the refs let them slide. Or, you know, you have mm. to look at the ball and look at the clock, blah, blah, blah. But it's on zero. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so it was just like, this guy is not reading defenses, right? Mm-mm. He's obviously Mm-mm. not reading the field. Right. Uh, your motion is to help him read the defense. Mm. Mm-hmm. Stop doing it. Yeah. <laughs> like if they, if, yeah. if he's got if he's got if he's coming out of huddle seven seconds and you have to wait for somebody to come in motion to start the play, maybe take the motion out. I don't. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was a, it was like a that. real shit show towards the end of the game. Yeah, wasting their um, timeouts. It's just like oh, we're not going to win this game. So on hurt. the other side, on the other side, uh, let's get into the Bills a little bit because I, it has to be said that Josh Allen was not even close to all that. Um, I, 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 I would actually be a little worried if I were a Bills fan. Yes, that that that, that this game was as close as it was. Yeah. throughout. Um, overall, Josh Allen was twenty three for thirty nine, three hundred fifty two yards, three touchdown passes, but two picks. Um, the Bills yeah. also had a hard time running the ball. Um, which you know, of course, did not stop my man, former Bulldog James Cook, from finding the end zone. But <laughs> other than that, um, <clears throat> it was it was rough. It was it was it was an uphill battle the whole way. Yeah. In my opinion, I think Josh Allen played a little too much hero ball. I was gonna say it, man. He was going for the kill. Now, I say that knowing that, and I guess it's like you kind of live and die with that hero ball, depending on on the situation, and and. You know, Diggs had seven catches for 114 yards. Gabe Davis had six catches for 113 yards and a touchdown. But it it, it just felt like Allen was always looking for the deep shot, yeah. even on even on early downs, right? And yeah. to me, the turnovers, you know, always looking for that deep shot. The seven sacks that Miami yep. got. Yep. I mean, looking this is what allowed shot. the Dolphins to stay in this game. Yep, they would have been. Know, crushed if they lost the game that they were not supposed to lose like that 
I mean, they, they should, in all reality, like this should have been the beatdown that you, that we were all expecting, yeah, but it just wasn't. Yeah. Um, Matt Milano for the Bills was out here terrorizing Skylar Thompson all yeah. night. That dude was all over the place. He had 10 tackles um, mm-hmm. and two of the Bills' four sacks. Um, There's no reason know, that Josh Allen should have been sacked more than Skylar Thompson. This all this game also got pretty chippy. There were some scraps. There was some. What was man, going on there? Don't get me started, man. Uh, Josh Allen, uh, well, well, Christian Wilkins. Oh, that was some bullshit. Christian Wilkins, um, in the last time or the first time they played this year, uh, grabbed either put his finger in his butt. He did something in the in the in a pile on. <laughs> and Josh Allen got a penalty for retaliating. Because Christopher Wilkins is a, he's an a, a antagonist or instigator, or whatever. He likes to like fuck with people, and he's all like, mm. and he's one of the best defensive tackles in the league. Um, mm. But he, Josh Allen threw an interception, and mm. then Christian Wilkins gets to block. Yeah, he's blocked, so he just pushes Josh Allen. But Josh Allen, no, no, Josh Allen went to push him and fell. Yeah. On his own. So then Christian Wilkins is like, I'm going to start blocking this guy. Just annoying him. Just like push, push. And then a lineman comes to defend Josh Allen, not knowing that Josh Allen started this whole thing. And then mm. somebody uh, uh, who recovered a fumble later, by the way, this mm. player, number 69 for the Bills, jumps on Christian Wilkins' head. Mm. And the referee called offsetting penalties. It was ridiculous. And nothing happened to them. They just got just basically, which I, I kind of understand a rough being like offset. But if you look at that shit and you see somebody jump on somebody's head when uh, our quarterback is out because of a concussion issue, that dude, number 69, who had just launched on somebody from standing mm. onto the ground, should have been kicked out of the game. And, then and I don't know if it was, alignment. I don't know if it was him or if it was somebody else, but I think it was from that scrap where, yeah. where one of the Bills players got got one of the Dolphins players' helmet and and wouldn't give it back. Yeah, that was that play, too. Like, no, that was, snatched it from a referee. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's gone. I was, we were counting people that, oh, he's going to be gone. When, when they clear all of this out, this dude who took something from the referee is out because you're not supposed to make contact with a referee at all. This guy jumps on this dude's head. They might lose players. Oh, shit, we're going to have some such an advantage. And then it's just offsetting penalties. I was like, come that was on. Some, I, that was some bullshit. That was the league looking ahead. I, it's hard not to say that that's the league looking ahead, knowing the Bills are, are going to uh, – they'd rather have the Bills in a playoff game. It, it, it's better than the Dolphins winning and then everybody saying, is Tua going to play? Because mm. like it or not, Bills fans out there, Tua plays this game. Y'all watching the rest of the playoffs from home? Probably. <laughs> it's like I don't know, or maybe they're up forward more. I don't know, but the way they played—if they play like that—and they played against with all the those mistakes. Yeah, man. All those no mistakes. Way. Ain't no way Tua and maybe Bridgewater, but Tua definitely. That's a different game, man. I think you're right. I would agree with you. But um, it, uh, it makes me look forward trying to be a good sport. Makes me look forward to that rivalry. Hopefully, mm. um, these Heated. games off. Yeah, hopefully these games off make it to where uh, Tua doesn't have to deal with this for the rest of his career. I'm hoping with this head mm. stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't want a junior sayout type of thing for that guy. But anyway, uh, no. congrats to the Bills. Moving on, I hope they get their shit together so that they can be competitive against the Bengals. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Then we had the Giants and the Vikings game. Yes, we did. Were you surprised that the Giants won 31 to 24? I mean, yes and no. Um, I felt like this, to me, this was a game where you had two teams that were both Mm -hmm. kind of felt like, both felt kind of like fake news Mm -hmm. at different times in the season. Yeah. Um, you know, despite the Vikings having as many wins as they had, Giants' record uh, seems more accurate to their play, though. Like I agree, ten seven to one. Um, but I just remember—I'm just thinking back to a time yeah. earlier in the season when they were like a, at six and one, six, yeah, or, yeah. you know, something like that. And it's like, no, 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 it's not gonna. This is, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, you know. The, the clock's going to strike midnight and the pumpkin's going to disappear and something is all going to start to fall apart at some point. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they managed their, themselves down the stretch to get into the playoffs, obviously. Um, but I didn't know what to expect going into this game, to be honest. I certainly didn't expect Daniel Jones to be this good. Shocked the world, man. Um, I mean, <laughs> this game started out, both quarterbacks were pretty, like, it, early on, you you basically had two quarterbacks going head to head with each other, and both of them were were virtually perfect in the yeah, first man. quarter. Yeah. Jones was five for five, hundred yards, uh, and a touchdown uh, in Didn't the first Kirk quarter. Go and like then fourteen and, uh, completions in a row or some shit. Yeah, it's some. Yeah, he was in the first quarter. He was nine for nine, but he he only had sixty two yards. But he also had a rushing uh, touchdown. I mean, that was like the first quarter was like okay, let's go. This 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 is just gonna. It felt like it was gonna be a, like every possession was basically gonna be a touchdown. Like neither, you know what yeah. I mean. It felt like this score was gonna get jacked up, but then it started to calm down a little bit. Um, but overall, it felt like the Giants came to play. They looked like a team with a real sense of urgency to me. Um, like I think they walked into this game knowing that these Vikings are the kind of team that can flip the table and come back on you at any minute, mm-hmm. and and they like they've done so many times this season and they were not about to take that for granted. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they, they look like they knew who they were playing uh, and they were totally up for it. The game stayed very tight throughout TJ Hawkinson yeah. had a hell of a night, 10 catches for a hundred. What a pickup. That's a mid season pickup, man. Uh-huh. Uh, Justin Jefferson only had 47 yards in this Shut game. Um, and surprisingly it was not actually because of you know, what is usually the blitz happy giants, you know, normally they're out here sending the house. Uh, 
playing man-to-man coverage all night, but for almost the whole game, they played zone and, and they managed to get away with it. Um, I mean, they still had him. I think what they did is that they, they played, I, I think they played the kind of defense that the Vikings were not ready for, mm. you know, cause the recipe lately has been, get you know, Kurt. Jam, get to Kirk cousins, mm. jam up Je- Jefferson at the, at the line of scrimmage. Hope for the best. Don't let him get into his route. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But they didn't play like that. I think they played a little more sort of zone prevent mm-hmm. in the secondary. Like, or you like know what? Zo- Maybe zone man combo. We're going to bracket him. Yeah, yeah. we're going to bracket him. And and we're going to – we'll let him get as many catches as he wants to get. We're just not going to let him get any yards after the catch. And, and that's basically – that worked because I think I saw somewhere yesterday, I think it was Good Morning Football, they were talking about it, and – and his yards after the catch, I think he only had six yards after the catch in the whole game. Damn. Which is very uncommon. Um, lack of a run game is also a big reason why the Vikings lost this game. Um, uh, Dalvin Cook, 15 carries for 60 yards, and that was it. Yeah. Uh, you know, over on the Giants side, you had Saquon, who – he looked who great, only man. had he only had fifty three yards, but he had two touchdowns. Yeah, he looked great. Um, man. He was just like it was at the right time when they needed to to milk the clock. He was a good release. I, he was a good like um, drop off for uh, Jones mm, to help him out. To, to to me, this was all about Danny Dimes though, uh, aka Vanilla Vic. <laughs> running the rock all over the shop, yes. 17, 17 carries for 78 yards. And it felt like every time he took off, he was basically just, he was moving the sticks every yeah. time, just about every time. Yeah. Um, they were great. They were great on third and fourth down. I think they had, they were seven for 13 on, on third and fourth downs, wow. the giants. Uh, so they rolled the dice and got it done when it mattered. Um, and in the end, they, they did just enough to keep the Vikings uh, at bay. And and Kirk Cousins had one of those Kirk Cousins type days where he was, where he was good but not great. Yeah. Uh, and uh, who's it just, Isaiah Hodgins? Darius Slayton, <laughs> Richie good, James. Good it's point. like it's like this. These guys. If if you don't make Brian Dable coach of the year, I don't know what you're doing, man. He got you know, it's the, funny. He turned we were this ta- team all the way around, man. Isak and I were talking about that. Uh, a little bit, and I think Dayball is probably high on the list. Uh, I think Shanahan might. I I think Shanahan has a pretty good case, given the fact that he's on his third string quarterback, and, oh, and yeah, they've yeah. managed to make this team so good. But the the first year coach who took a team to this level with what people thought was going to be a third string quarterback. With yeah, with everybody, a guy who everybody was out on Daniel Jones. Well, here's you know that's an interesting conversation that we'll get into in the offs. Well, you probably won't even really be able to have that conversation until next year. Um, but he, Daniel Jones, they they declined to pick up his fifth year option uh, at the beginning of this last season, basically mm-hmm. saying, "Prove it." Prove it. I think he just proved it. Yep. Um, but. And it's the not real, over, man. The season's not even over for him. Exactly. But the real issue will be, is that a good thing or a bad thing for the Giants? Like, I don't know, man. Dable, it, it kind of reminds me of the another Giants coach 
that came in with a uh, uh, it's a uh, Bill Parcells mm. come in, turn the team around, and then but took Jeff Hostetler to the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> you know, is that type of that, That's that a good year point. when Chris Sims gets hurt all you know early, and it's just like make it work, man. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. And maybe Daniel Jones, maybe what Daniel Jones needed uh, was a Brian Dayball. Um, because it's pretty impressive what he's, what is this game in particular, very I impressive. And, and, and we've said this throughout the, throughout the season that Dayball seems to have a real talent for figuring out a way to get his guys to kind of box above their weight class. Yeah. Right. Like to press the right buttons at the right moment. Yeah, I just uh, said that receiver core. Like, really, this receiver core is making Daniel Jones look good. It doesn't make sense. But yeah, <laughs> it's like okay, you know. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's go to the next game. The uh, the one mm. game that was closest to being a shit bowl, brought to you by Xlex. The Ravens mucked it up like we thought it would be. These two division teams that you know are. That was a close call, wasn't it? Yeah, man. What an end! What, what a game. Anyway, well, uh, I guess that. I, I guess I, I mean, can't call it. I'm saying I'm saying it's the closest to a shit bowl. Mm. But actually, the last game was the closest to a shit bowl. But this was a. Uh, it I don't started know, out. I don't it know started out looking like the Bengals. It started out looking like the Bengals were going to boat race the Ravens yeah. in the first quarter. Um, but then the Ravens, shout out to them, man. They they really put up a fight. Um, What's up with Lamar Jackson? That's over, right? It's a a good question, dude. That's over. I don't know if it's over. It's a weird... I don't know. He wasn't there. Which was... And, you know, it's funny because, like... I think it's funny how how the reporters, especially the NFL reporters, will carry water for different teams uh but also mm. for players too they do it for players too they were like Mm. well you know he wasn't with this team but you know don't forget like it's a knee injury and there's the issue with swelling and it's like yeah but he was with them last week when they played the Bengals. you know what i mean he could be encouraging on the sideline you've seen those quarterbacks do that yeah and him him and huntley are supposedly like tight like i bet i think i think huntley said that lamar jackson is his best friend like so why wouldn't you – I mean, it's pretty normal for your injured first-string quarterback to be there and help kind of run the offense. Yeah. Grab you know a clipboard, I mean? man. Help this dude see yeah. what he's not seeing. Yeah, a lot of times they'll fucking give him a headset and everything. Like, yeah, they're look, fucking... at the, look at the fucking tablet before Tom Brady runs in and throws it against the wall. Go in there. <laughs> grab the tablet. <laughs> look at what the defense is doing. Help your guy out, man. Yeah. Yeah. He ended up with uh, uh, 17 for 29, 226 yards, two touchdowns at a pick, and mm. the most costly fumble I've seen in a long time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. They should have I mean, told him, don't do that shit, man. I thought this was going to be an upset. I think, well, yeah. Har- Harbaugh also seemed to throw him under the bus on that play, too. Harbaugh, man. Uh, Lamar these Harbaugh's are crazy. Job. Lamar saved but, Harbaugh's fucking career. And agreed. Now they're agreed. Like giving him a hard time. So what the Ravens, like I said, they put up a fight. They took a 10 to nine lead into the half. Thanks to a long 17 play, 10 minute touchdown drive, followed up by Hayden Hurst fumble mm. that the Ravens turned into a, 
field goal. And I, I got a bone to pick with Hayden. Yeah, bang. I got a bone to pick with Hayden Hurst. Uh, Hayden Hurst is a former Falcon, um, as some people might already know. And he did this thing. What was a few? He did this interview where he was talking about how, how much he loves playing in Cincinnati um, because, you know, he sort of lost his love of football when he was playing for Atlanta the year before. I was like, motherfucker, <laughs> why are you out here throwing shade on the Falcons? He found like that? love for strip clubs. <laughs> That's what this it was. He's like, I can't focus on football, man. There's a strip club on every corner, man. <laughs> I was like, this bitch is out here fucking throwing shade on the A. What the fuck, this man? Bitch. <laughs> uh, the Bengals lost yet another offensive lineman to injury in this Bruh. game. Uh, so, so mm. what is that? That's three down, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Damn. And you could tell because the Bengals could not run the ball. Joe Mixon had only 39 yards. P. Ryan, three. P. Ryan didn't do anything. Um, Burrow got sacked four times. He was taking hits all night long. Um, but there's something about Burrow, man. Like, I, I it doesn't seem that to dude, matter. Man. It does not seem to matter how many times you sack him or how many times you hit him. The guy is so fucking cool under yeah. pressure. I, I really think he earns his nickname by so the way cool. he plays. He, he, he really never seems that rattled, um, when he's out there. And, and, but again, Tyler Huntley, I don't know what this means for the Ravens, the whole absence of, of Lamar, but also Tyler Huntley. I mean, Tyler Huntley kind of looks like Lamar sometimes. Like yeah. he, he has a he has a similar vibe. Poor um, man's and, poor man's Lamar. And and like you said, I mean, he, he you know he threw a lot of passes. I mean, seventeen for thirty nine. Twenty nine. Twenty nine. Yeah, um, two hundred twenty six yards, the two touchdowns, like you said. But it. Um, I mean, and one of those touchdown passes was that gorgeous 50 yard shot to Demarcus mm-hmm. Robinson. That yeah. was a beauty. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hunt, Tyler Huntley, Snoop, Snoop Huntley, as the kids are calling him. Uh, <laughs> I didn't also know that fi- until this weekend. <laughs> also had 54 yards uh, rushing. Um, J.K. Dobbins had a hell of a night uh, until the fourth quarter when <laughs> it was like they just forgot that they had J.K. Dobbins for some reason. Uh, he had a, over a hundred all-purpose yards and a touchdown. This um, like re- breaking the the plane is mm. is one thing, but just that last play, like when he j- jumping from the two-yard line, thinking you're gonna break the plane, leaving your feet too, and there's no push at the front line. You got to make a better decision than that. And he's probably thinking about it so much. I don't need to say it again. You know what I mean? He probably heard it a million times, but. Well, I'm I'm just curious why you don't hand the ball to J.K. Dobbins in that yeah. moment. You need one yard. This guy's getting like five or six yards per carry all night long. Yeah. Listen, I saw I heard this on Good Morning Football yesterday too, right? So you got J.K. Dobbins. You got Gus Edwards, a big back. There was a there was a local Ravens beat reporter. U. Yeah, exactly. There's a local Ravens beat reporter who wrote about this, okay? Okay. She said that the Ravens had 10 plays inside the five-yard line in this game. J.K. Uh, Dobbins got one touch. Not a, single, wow. not a single carry, and that one touch was a touchdown pass inside the five-yard line. What are you doing, John Harbaugh? 
Who knows, man? You're living off you're living off Lamar, even though he ain't there. That's what you're doing. I don't understand time, it. Yeah, it might be time to join the Michigan staff. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they need to shake it up over there. But we got to give this man some flowers, okay? The, yeah. the man who turned this game around. Now, despite Jamar Chase having, you know, nine for, uh, catches for 84 yards and a touchdown, the Bengals looked like they were in a position where where the Ravens could have gotten them and sent them home packing early with the upset. But that's when Cincinnati's native son stepped up in a big spot to make the game-winning play. I'm talking about Mr. Sam fucking Hubbard. Yeah. The Cincinnati kid, <laughs> born and raised, raised a Bengals fan from birth, came wow. out of the womb, painted orange and black. Kid won a state championship in high school in Cincinnati. Wow. Goes on to win a championship for Ohio State. This kid is a hometown kid, bro. Wow. It's, he probably dreamt on- of this his whole life. Ball gets knocked out by Logan Wilson. It just lands in in Sam Hubbard's hands, and he takes off running 98 yards the other way for the longest scoop and score in NFL playoff history. You know, if he wasn't playing for the Bengals, mm. he would have run out of bounds at the 20. <laughs> he was so tired. <laughs> And my favorite favorite image of the entire weekend is this picture of Sam Hubbard on the sidelines after this play with his with his hand up in the air, you know, towards the Bengals fans. But he's got the oxygen mask on his face strapped onto his face. (laughs) Have you seen this picture? It's absolutely brilliant. Yes. yes, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, He looks exhausted. (gasps) It is like the image. It's the best image of the entire weekend. Uh, I love it. That's cool. Out man. there looking like Bane with an oxygen mask on his face. <laughs> <laughs> you thought that jumping at the end zone was your ally. <laughs> I will collect a fumble and run to the end zone. Ah, <laughs> uh, your Ravens must go home now. It is over. Accept your defeat. Will I defeat your body? <laughs> Is it your spirit like, or your body? <laughs> I mean, that's got to be an amazing moment for Sam Hubbard. Yeah. What a beautiful thing. Hometown yeah, kid delivers the, the biggest play of the night. Uh, lucky as fuck that the Bengals managed to get out of this one. Like yeah. I said, you know, the top teams on the AFC side look shaky as fuck, man. Yeah. Um, I guess the only good news is, is that you can go into next week feeling yeah. like, okay, we haven't, we haven't played late. our best game yet. Yeah, we haven't played our late. best game yet. Uh, uh, you know who didn't play their best game of their entire career this weekend? Oh, tell me about it, baby. I'm, I'm, <laughs> let me slip my pants off while you say this shit. Let's go. I mean, we got to do it this way, man. <laughs> oh, I love it. The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers went up against the Dallas Cowboys, and Tom Brady was... You know, once one of the sexiest players in the league, considered the GOAT, mm. greatest of all time, mm. and mm. it all came to an end. Mm. Announcers, all uh, the analysts, all just were living off the mystic of Tom Brady and the comebacks over the years were mm. acting like the Cowboys didn't have a chance in this game, and the Cowboys it just proved otherwise, man. What you got? <laughs> America's team versus America's quarterback. <laughs> yeah. But as great as our home nation is, only one America could survive. <laughs> Tom Brady was 7-0 and versus the Cowboys coming into this one. 
Dak really? out here lead, leading the league in receptions. Interceptions. Um, interceptions. Plus, you got the Cowboys playoff history to, to consider as you're mm-hmm. walking into this one. No road playoff wins since 1992. 4-11 in the playoffs since 96. I was convinced before I went to bed on Sunday night that the Cowboys were going to fall flat on their really? faces. But I was you wrong. You thought the Cowboys were going to lose this game? I, I, I thought the Cowboys were going to find a way to lose. I, I, mm. The Cowboys I knew the Cowboys are the better team. I knew that going okay. into this, period. But I had a feeling that the Cowboys were going to find a way to fuck this up. Um, but I was wrong. They didn't. Dak came out and just shredded these motherfuckers. Shredded them. Uh, four touchdown passes plus a rushing touchdown. Um, I mean, it's funny, though. But apparently, the Cowboys needed to score all those touchdowns Mostly because they needed their kicker, Brett Maher, <laughs> apparently needed the practice. Man, he missed What the four. fuck is up with this guy missing four extra points? I was like, again? I was because I watched the condensed. Again? again? You have one job, bro. I mean, I, 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 mean, I, I would say this. What's wrong with you? If you are anyone in the Dallas area, and you know how to kick a football accurately through two very tall sticks <laughs> from various distances. Yeah, they got I would literally get in my car and just drive up to the Cowboys facility right now and demand a tryout. Man, I'm sure okay? it's in the classifieds. I mean, if Jeff Saturday can be a coach in the NFL, why the fuck can't you be a field goal <laughs> kicker for the Cowboys? You know what I'm saying? It's like this was absolutely ridiculous and, and fuck you know what fuck it, it fuck the, if you live in the dallas area i say this to all of our swedish listeners if you got the money and you got the time bro get on a fucking plane and fly to dallas and see if you can get a tryout as a fucking field goal kicker because this 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 bitch out here missing four, <laughs> four extra points <laughs> yeah Un- i know yeah, crazy I- I, I don't I don't, I've never seen anything like it. How do you miss that many extra points in one again in a single game? Guess how many times Tom Brady threw the ball? Oh yeah, tell me. Sixty-six. Sixty-six passes, man. He tried his best. It was a valiant effort. He had three hundred and fifty-one yards going out on maybe his mm. last game. Uh, mm. He tried to goad it up, but. It just wasn't happening. He had two touchdowns. He had one interception. He had one slide tackle attempt. I don't know if you saw that when he slid and kicked the dude in the leg I and all the shit. I did see that. Like, Hasn't he on. been? Fi- he's been fined for stuff like that before. There was he's some, a dirty. He's there a was dirty somebody who jumped at somebody's legs, but I don't think it was Brady. Uh, but on the other side, Dak Prescott was showing off. The Cowboys were balanced. Dak mm. threw it thirty-three times. They ran mm. the ball uh, with Pollard 15 times, with, with Zeke 13 times. Mm. Um, Zeke didn't do much, but they still mm-hmm. were balanced and efficient. And they looked good, man. Their defense did what they had to do. Um, the Bucks looked overmatched. I mean, but it was a two versus seven. Mm. It was just on them not to – it was just on the Cowboys not to fuck it up. And they did not, man. Dak didn't Look, throw any picks. I, to me, I know it's like – it's cliche, but these Bucks, they they were exactly who we thought they were. Yes, to be man. honest with you, I mean, exactly. obviously, you give them a lot of 
you give them a lot of rope because they got Brady and you think like, well, it's Brady, anything's possible. And it's like, nah, man, this team has been trash all year. The whole NFC South has been absolutely dreadful. Exactly. That's why I'm surprised you thought they were going to win this game, man. But they are who we thought they were. I don't know. I just had a – I'm so used to the Cowboys finding ways to lose big games. That's the thing that I I think is is crazy in sports is that we always – and I'm guilty of it too, but we act like – the pass carries much more weight than it actually does. Like the right. uh, the curse of the Bambino in baseball, about mm. the Red Sox and all of that stuff, mm. and mm-hmm. the Cubs being cursed franchise. This is what we're doing now with the Chargers, where everybody's just like, a Chargers going to Charger, Falcons going to Falcon. Mm. That 28-3 mm. to three, uh, Super Bowl comeback, whatever, has nothing mm. to do with next, with next year's game. But it's hard right. for us to remove it, especially sure. once you take the... That that bodes true, especially once you take all of the staffs out of it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like Chargers right. gonna Charger, maybe under Brandon Staley, but once another coach comes in there, Chargers just might not charge her anymore. And it's hard for us to get our. We have a narrative already, and the the Cowboys thing that was part of it is that they're just gonna keep losing playoff games in big moments, but mm. might not necessarily be true with this version of the Cowboys. I, yeah, you're you're 100 right. I mean, we got 25 years of the Cowboys pretending like they're the best team in the world, and, and yeah, it's and annoying. Then, and them and them failing to live up to those expectations. So so that that's kind of where I was at with it. But I, yeah. I honestly don't have any bad things to say about the Cowboys. Nah, this week. I mean, I know neither, that man. I kind of they were great. They were good. Um, Micah, who did Micah they, out there, Micah. Yeah, and and they're gonna go up against uh, who do they play next week? Eagles. Or the, cow, no, 49ers. The Cowboys play the 49ers, man. That's going to be good. Woo! That's, that's going to be good, uh, man. Matchup. I love that. I think, uh, <laughs> wait. Well, in Flip 'em and Pick 'em, you got 20 points this week, and I got 10. Every, we got everything right except for I thought the Vikings were going to win. They did not. And that put me well behind you mm. uh, so mm. far in the playoff, Flip 'em, Pick 'em. The people who play Pigskin, Pigskin Pick 'em, has been removed from. ESPN, so we couldn't do the a, playoff version. The playoff version has been removed from yeah. ESPN. I think they're trying to. I went on Reddit to find it, and there, people are assuming that it's because the ESPN is so into getting people to gamble. Mm. So that's their focus right now. So uh. we'll find another thing to do next playoffs, but this playoffs, yeah, we'll just do flip and pick them. Uh, yeah, weird. Let's do superlatives and then wrap this thing up, man. Okay. I All think right. we have the same MVP, but I'll get into my real MVP. Uh-huh. Uh Daniel Jones. Mm. Vanilla Vic, Vic made fools out of us all. I thought for mm-hmm. sure he was going to show his true colors in this game. And honestly, he did. This isn't your granddad's Daniel Jones. This <laughs> Daniel Jones is decisive and efficient. He reads defenses, takes care of the ball, and knows when to run. And when he does run, he punishes you in chunks. His evolution should provide comfort for those Justin Fields fans out there. Patience worked out for Vanilla Vic. Mm. And this week, Daniel? You the real MVP. Nice. I like that. I could see some Justin Fields stuff, man. Learn to, you know, get with the right coach, figure it out. He can make the throws. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Before I get to my super wild card weekend MVP... (laughs) Uh, I have to give an honorable mention. Okay. 
to my man, mm-hmm. my only son, Isak Misara. Oh, shout out, Isak. Who, who stayed up all night long to watch my Bulldogs bring home the back-to-back title. Oh, you know that felt good. I, w- I was not able to stay up, but this fucking kid woke up, put on his Bulldogs gear, Wow. And stayed up to watch this blowout all the way to the end. Nice. He sent me a pregame pick before I went to bed, right? Mm. Of him, like, with his Bulldogs jersey on. He's got, like, a little stuffed Ugga, you mm. know? And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and he was like, I'm good to go. I'm I'm, I'm going to take a nap, and I'm going to wake up for this game. So he sends me that pregame pick uh, before I go to bed, and I, I wake up in the morning, and the first thing I see is a selfie from Isak, a picture of him standing in front of the TV with the score in the uh, background. Wow. I was like <laughs> such a proud papa that he did that. And that's beautiful. I, <laughs> I, I, I was like, I was. That's my fucking. That's my guy right there. Dude. I would have been that, crying tears and tears. I was like, man, I was so proud of him that, and also that he stayed up. Like he yeah. even took that picture of the final score to prove that he stayed up all night long. You know what I mean? Cuz yeah. he could have easily gone to bed at halftime like, "Oh shit, yeah, we, we got, got this. this." You know. Yeah. Uh I was super proud of him. Uh so anyway, he's my honorable mention. Yes. Uh but for super Oh, I got to do it for him. I got to do it for him. You the real MVP. <laughs> That's true. He's my MVP. Yeah. Uh I'm going to go with Brock Purdy. Man, this dude mm. uh is he's something else. Just just when you think He's gonna have to. He's gonna have to fall on his face at some point. Uh, he just keeps coming, like mm. like he's been doing this for years. I mean, sure, the Seahawks helped out a little by unraveling in the second half, mm. and the 49ers D finally showed up. But this kid, who nobody believed in, uh, still had to step up and make those throws. Going 18 for 30, 300. 32 yards, three touchdown passes, plus he had a rushing touchdown. I, I'm thoroughly impressed with this kid um, and the way that he's handled th- this opportunity, which has landed into his lap. He seems very deserving. So for me, in super wild card weekend, he <laughs> is my real MVP. You the real MVP. Uh, that was hmm. funny. I love how you're throwing in that super wild card weekend. It's super. My trash mm-hmm. is simple, man. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm. Everybody's been scared to call a spade a spade, but they they won mm. the uh, their division. Barely. It took them a, long enough against a, a slate of teams that are trying to figure out what they're doing, uh, and and they went through the season, you know, being up and down and only living off the ghosts of Brady's past, and now they uh, went up against a real team. And they got that ass whooping that they deserved. Mm. And hopefully mm. they'll get the shakeup that they deserve because I normally try to stray away from uh, piling on to black coaches. They always get a, a rough go at it. But Todd Bowles is not it, man. And they need mm. to move on, I think. I know you think he deserves another shot, but just looking at him on the sidelines, team looking unprepared, uh, not running the ball uh, all year, <laughs> like figuring, like, Figure something out, man, instead of just leaning on Brady. And uh, they just proved, ultimately, that they didn't belong in the playoffs at all. So, mm. Tampa Bay Buc- Buccaneers, sorry to say it to all you Bucks fans out there, including my love, my beloved brother, Champ Champ. But mm. Bucks, You are trash! 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's some worthy trash. Um, <laughs> but I feel like sometimes there's only one right answer to this question. Okay. And in this case, it's got to be Brandon Staley. Oh! It's got to be Brandon Staley. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, give it to and, me. And the Chargers for blowing this 27-point lead. And you know how I love me some historic trash. Yes. Okay. This is the first team to lose a playoff game in which they benefited from five total turnovers. Teams were missed Yeah, teams were previously twenty-six and zero with a turnover margin that big. They are now currently twenty-six and one, and that one is you, Chargers. Okay. This is officially the third worst meltdown in NFL history, which I mentioned. Mm -hmm. The Chiefs blew a 28-point lead to the Colts back in 2013, uh, and the Houston Oilers blew a 32-point lead to the Frank Reich QB-led Bills in 1992. Um, Just underneath the Chargers, uh, you will find my Atlanta Falcons, who have a 25-point blown league so thank you chargers for moving us down a spot i appreciate that um but the fact uh yeah somebody told me about it uh yeah but the fact remains that the chargers had so many opportunities to put this game away uh and you got absolutely embarrassed in duval county uh and and not only did i have family at the Georgia Bulldog national championship game. I had a whole bunch of cousins at this game too. Oh, wow. Who went there and stayed there and were just like, they sent me photos and videos. Like they were like, they were in shock that this game turned out the way that it did. They, they couldn't believe it. Uh, but yeah, the chargers, you go down to Duval County, you got them just, you got your foot on their neck and you let them slide it to me. The chargers, they are my super wild card weekend trash. <laughs> trash all right my shit got learned is um these biased announcers are out of their minds trying to create narratives Mm. uh they could take the same throw the same exact throw and make a quarterback a god who is uh doing the right thing for the team or a punchline who is uh, the reason the team is losing the game and it's, it's getting out of hand, man. When I'm when I'm seeing these quarterbacks fuck up, it's like, all right, they they universally fucked up. Hmm. Don't try or or uh, so many times when during uh, the our game, Dolphins and the Bills, when the ball's thrown behind the receiver who reaches back and it hits both hands, but he can't pull it in because momentum's going the other way, and they're like, ah, hit him on the hands. Got to bring that in for your quarterback. And then another quarterback throws that pass, and it's like. Off target pass again, blah blah blah. Stop mm. trying to create the narrative, man. It's the 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 thing that's my latest thing I'm annoyed about and mm. that I learned that it's just out of hand with this uh these bias announcers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You Good alluded one. to I it like earlier that. too, the way that they're calling the stuff. Mm-hmm. My shit that I learned. Raise your hand if you bet at the beginning of the year that the NFC East would have three of their four teams in the playoffs and and on to the divisional round, right? They became the first division since 2002 realignment to do that. Uh, And I don't think any division has done this since like the late 90s. 
actually. Well, it used to uh, be, but, but that was back when they had five teams and yeah. in the divisions and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, what was it two years ago that this was like the worst division in football, right? Yeah, that year that the Washington Commanders went to the playoffs, mm-hmm. with like a nine and seven, with, a, with barely a winning record, uh, barely. <clears throat> So I guess I learned that there's still hope for the NFC South, right? Who was the current uh-huh. shittiest uh, division uh, <laughs> in football? We, you know, yeah, we've taken over the crown for the shittiest division in football. Uh, so let's see if we can turn it around and, you know, take a page out of the NFC East book. Who was the seventh seed in the NFC? Oh, it was the Seahawks. Mm. So they had three teams six and up. Exactly. So, like, that could have worked even a couple years ago before they changed. And this. and all of their teams were moving on to the next round. I mean, obviously the Eagles had a bye, but yeah, um, but yeah. Wow! Congrats to them, man. I didn't. I wouldn't. Yeah. Have, if you asked me the strongest division, I wouldn't have said them, but they obviously are. I mean, we were out here thinking that the it was the AFC West was a lock to have three yeah. teams in the playoffs. If you would have told me before the season started that they would have three teams in the playoffs, I would say. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? <laughs> you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Haven't used that all year, I don't think. Such oh. a great clip. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Um, scariest teams? Mm. AFC? Well, I actually think that g- given that none of the AFC teams played their best game, Mm-hmm. All the big dogs look shaky. We said that earlier. Not so all of them. I I have to say that the in my opinion, the Chiefs yep. who were lying in wait, yep. licking their chops licking with an them. extra week of rest. Uh to me, the Chiefs are the scariest team in the AFC right now. Agreed wholeheartedly. I mm. think uh I think right now there's a plate of buffalo wings being devoured by Andy Reid and Eric Bienemy. Or putting mm. together a game plan mm. as they suck juice, uh, chicken juice off of their fingers, mm. sauce, just buffalo sauce, mm. as they mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do. This. <laughs> I got a new red zone. Well, plan I've been thinking about first. <laughs> first things first, they got to take care. You know, eat up some of these jaguar burgers first. Yeah, you know what be, I mean. That's what I'm saying. Like, they gotta. They're they're looking they're looking their chops about whoever. Uh, I think the Jaguars are too outmatched anyway. The Chiefs just, it looks like an easy road to them from for me, yep. from what I've yep. seen. But it mm-hmm. might all change this next week. Scariest mm-hmm. NFC team, who you got? I'm going 49ers, baby. Um, yeah. I mean, the Cowboys obviously look good, but yeah. uh, the Cowboys probably had the most convincing win, but they also played the shittiest team. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see if, um, we'll see what happens to Dak. I guess this 49ers defense, but I, I think the 49ers have the edge, in my opinion. Mm. I'm going to have to agree with that. I got the 49ers. And, mm. uh, yeah, for all the reasons you said, I think their defense is good and the quarterback is confident and their coach is competent. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Who are you putting spec on? Do you want to go first on that? Cause yeah, I- man. I don't have a full thing. This one is a personal thing for me. That okay. I need to fucking just do it, man. Mm. I need to put some spec on the name of my homie, Musara 
home residence's coach. Saga, shout out to you. I'm putting some spec on your coach's name. Zach Taylor. Wow. Some spec on his name. Uh, not only <laughs> my biggest problem with him has been the team playing with cheap shots and this and that and all of that. Um, mm. The whole thing that made my former coach come across the field to try to physically attack him because mm. uh, they kept doing these dirty hits and stuff. And I always felt that he's underqualified and all of that. But you winning, it solves everything. And they just keep winning, man. This is the second year in a row that they just keep moving on to the division round. And they'll be in, they were in the Super Bowl last year. And they look good. Quarterback's playing well. Defense adjusts and does what they're supposed to do. I know that they were close in a game they shouldn't have been so close in. But in the end, that defense that I think is probably the best defense left in the AFC wins mm. the day for them. So I got to give it to them, man. I got to put the respect where it wasn't there. To uh, Zach Taylor right now. I'm mm. Put some respect on my name. Wow. I also love his tradition of delivering game balls to local bars. Oh, That's yeah, that was another thing. Is that and then him being the reason that they did not continue that game, the NFL tried to continue. He was the one, even though it wasn't his player that had a heart mm. attack on the field, he was the one that said, we're not going to finish this game. And, mm. and, and McDermott was like, thanks. You know what I mean? And then they didn't do it. So... That takes away yeah. that takes away all of that dirty shit. This dude had his heart in the right place and two years in a row has done this thing for their bar. I gotta mm. give some respect to Zach Taylor. Interesting. I'll be it might change next week. I might be saying he's a piece of crap coach, but right now I gotta get that spec. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <clears throat> for put some spec on my name this week. I'm bear with me. Okay. Because they said they said it couldn't be done. Most people claim that this man is not a real NFL caliber quarterback. Mm. They said he was all smoke and mirrors. Mm. They said it ain't the offense, it's the defense that's Uh-oh. carrying this team. Are you talking about Tom Brady? And this man rolled out and he went 18 for 25, mm. 304 yards, mm. threw four motherfucking touchdown passes. For the 65 to 7 national championship victory. I'm talking about Stetson Bennett, the man, the myth, the legend. This man is about to slide in and take over the NFL. I waited 41 years to see my Bulldogs win a national championship, and they do it two motherfucking years in a row. Got to put some spec on Stetson Bennett's name, okay? And as far as the NFL is concerned, I got to say, this man, I feel like he could be. Like, watch yourself. Steve. He's he, he's small, uh-huh. right? So a lot of people are thinking like, nah, ain't happening. He's too small. He's not physical enough. He he doesn't. He's not built like an NFL quarterback. You know, he doesn't look like Trevor Lawrence. I get all that, but this is a dude who they have been doubting him his entire career. This guy, even Georgia, didn't want this motherfucker. This dude was a walk on who had to like transfer to another school just to get reps and he comes back to be a backup and this motherfucker who's not even supposed he's not even a one-star recruit wins tell this man that he can't play in the nfl Mm. because they already told him he couldn't win a national championship and he's already done that twice so go ahead and tell him about all the other shit that he can't do and watch him fucking do it let this man in the nfl at your peril i like it put some respect on this motherfucker. put some respect on my name 
All right. Now I know that that's college football that has nothing to do with the NFL at the moment. That was a stretch. So, but it, so from an NFL perspective, I'm going to say quickly: if, if you're going to put spec on anybody's name, it's going to have to be Danny Dimes. The way that he played this week, yeah. People talking about how he's trash. He ain't good. He ain't that. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. This man just went out and got the bag. Yeah. For for real, like yes. he just got himself a a big old bag with the way that great cash, homie. Yeah, man. So I'm going to say Danny Dimes. But my real put some respect on my name. Stetson Watch out for Bennett. Stetson Bennett. Watch yeah, out yeah. for motherfucking Stetson Bennett. He's going to come in and be a backup quarterback, but I guarantee you, if you let him on the field, mm-hmm. it's if he's on the right, it, 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 he's going to have to be on the right. Brock Purdy is having the experience that he's having because he's playing for a great football exactly. team. If Brock Purdy was coming in as the third-string quarterback for the, for Dolphins. the, the Houston Texans, <laughs> like yeah. it, 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 we wouldn't be talking about him in the same yeah. way. So it's got to line up right. But yeah. I'm sorry. I'm a week behind all my Georgia Bulldog hype, and I feel like I just had to get it all in, and everything gets settled like down it. and go I back like to it. normal. It's I like, like it. next week. Next week, I don't have to do all that crazy shit. But I feel like, yeah, that's that. It happened. Well, that's that. We'll be back soon, <laughs> and we're going to talk about the uh, upcoming divisional round, the super mm-hmm. divisional round coming up. <laughs> I don't think it's super. I think it's just plain old. Is division. this a regular division round? Damn. I think so, yeah. You feel like they should follow up with another super. But, it uh, should be super. <laughs> thanks for checking this episode of Spit NFL out. It's been John the Rollins. And Skiff Musara. And we'll catch y'all very soon. Thanks. Peace. Later, y'all. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.